Chapter 5. Tough Love or Love Tough? Looking at punishment through heavenly eyes. David HaMelech said, Rabbein HaOlamim, Master of the Universe. Ein leinu badin, ela b'midas harachmim. You never deal with us strictly, only with mercy. Hashem is the ultimate loving father, so let's see how he deals with rebellious children. The pre-tzaddik says that in order to understand a concept, we must always examine the very first time that that concept is mentioned in the Torah, for there we will find the source of the matter. So let's travel back in time and examine the very first major human failure. Nu, so who do you think was the very first human failure? You got it, the very first human ever created. And guess how long it took for him to make such a massive mistake that would forever change the entire vision of God's new project, Earth. Yup, you got it, he messed up on the very first day. The Torah says Hashem took Adam and placed him in Gan Eden. Hashem created a beautiful world. There was no sickness, no death, no stress, no hardship, no labor pains, and no need to ever work. In fact, all the challenges and difficulties that we experience in our daily lives were simply not even there. The world was a perfect place. Heaven on earth. And then Hashem said, Adam, you may not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and bad, for on the day that you eat from it, you shall die. Unfortunately, Adam and Chava were unable to restrain themselves from this one restriction, and the ramifications were horrendous. Hashem's beautiful, serene, and perfect world was utterly, completely destroyed with just one bite. And Hashem sent him out of Gan Eden, and he banished Adam. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Curious George George began to become financially successful, and in his travels he became friendly with a very wealthy man who owned a dream oceanfront mansion. As a surprise birthday present, the man let George and his wife spend a week in his own exquisite mansion. The man made just one request, George, please don't go on the rooftop balcony. When George and his wife arrived, their mouths dropped open as they walked around the home and gazed in awe at the perfectly manicured property. They were truly enjoying themselves. However, each time they passed by the staircase leading to the roof, they had to suppress an inner urge to see what the magnificent view would be from way up there. George's wife, Chava, started talking to him about, you know, how wonderful it would be to be able to go on the roof. After all, what could possibly be better than watching sunrise from the roof? George tried to talk her out of it, but after a while, his curiosity got the better of him. At 4.25 a.m., they woke up to watch the sunrise. They quietly, carefully, slowly opened the latch and pulled down the staircase leading to the roof. Slowly, they climbed stair after stair and ascended to the roof, when suddenly, crash! They fell through the broken glass roof and dropped three stories. They ended up in full body casts and wheelchair bound for the rest of their lives. The owner was furious with them. I told you not to go up on the roof because I knew the glass sunroof was broken and it was unsafe for you to go there. I made the request for your benefit and you couldn't listen? 
Hashem gave Adam and Chava everything, but asked that they refrain from just one thing. They didn't listen, and indeed, there were very severe consequences. Hashem literally threw Adam and Chava out of paradise and initiated new concepts, sickness, death, labor, and child-rearing pains, tsar gidobanim, and the need to painfully work for a living. Another outcome of eating the forbidden fruit was the realization that they were unclothed. This was a pretty big problem for them since they were really far away from Woodbury Commons, and this is before online shopping. So what did they do? They actually tried to make clothing for themselves by sewing fig leaves together. That's right, leaves. Yuck. Hashem was watching the situation unfold. It was pretty sad and a little funny, seeing them figure out how to sew leaves together and trying to tailor them to actually stay on and fit properly. And then the Torah tells us something absolutely remarkable. Hashem made leather garments for Adam and Chava, and He clothed them. Hashem decided to step in and help them with their wardrobe predicament. Incredible! Amazing! Why on earth did Hashem do this for them? What did they do to earn this personal treatment, especially when you consider that the only reason that they needed clothing in the first place was because they defied the will of Hashem? But brace yourself for something even more incredible. The Rabbeinu Bechaya explains, Adam and Chava might have mistakenly thought that after they messed up and were consequently thrown out of paradise, that now... Hashem no longer cared about them, and that attitude would have been passed down to their children, and generation after generation would have been founded on the false impression that Hashem does not care about us humans anymore. And therefore Hashem performed this menial tailoring task Himself, specifically to prove to Adam and Chava that in spite of their horrific failure to adhere to His one and only request, His love and care for them was not diminished whatsoever. And therefore Hashem Himself helped them with their clothing crisis and personally made them high-quality and distinguished leather clothing that covered them in a comfortable and honorable way. Hashem Expensive and honorable. It's unbelievable. Hashem didn't just make them low-quality clothing. He didn't throw down jeans and a t-shirt. No way. Only the best for my precious children. You would have thought that they did something really special to deserve such personal treatment. But wait, it gets even better. From where did Hashem take this leather material? Me'ar Hanachash. The Kesser Yonison says, The leather came from the very snake that caused them to sin. Perhaps Hashem specifically chose to use the leather skin of the snake so that Adam could comfort himself by remembering that it was only due to that outside influence of that scheming snake that he now needed clothing to cover his pure holy essence. In addition, there is a deeper lesson to be learned as well. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Crowning Glory There is a well-known story of Rab Amnon Yitzchak Shlita who held up a boy's ponytail in front of a large audience and said, 
Do you know how long it takes to grow one of these? This is what young people are willing to give up to return to Torah. He held the ponytail high, and with a big smile he proclaimed, Zeshel Ashkenazi, Blondi. Then he lifted another pony and said, Zeshel Temani, Krinki. And then he showed everyone the frizzy hair of the Yemenite boy. Then he pulled out a very long black ponytail, Zeshel Sfaradi. He then explained that these boys would only give up their ponytails if they were really convinced that the Torah was true. He then held up a box with hundreds of earrings and proclaimed to the audience, After Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim, they gave up their earrings to make an egel, hazav, a golden calf. Today these men are giving up their earrings to return to Torah. When we have enough, we will use them to make a crown for a sefer Torah. Immediately a young man came forward from the audience, removing his earring as he walked. He was followed by another and another. Scores of earrings were dropped into the box to build the crown for the new Sefer Torah. Perhaps the reason that Hashem chose to create their new garments, specifically from the snake that caused them to sin, was to emphasize that even the biggest failure of your life can be used to clothe yourself with honor. But wait, it gets even better. The Rabbeinu B'chai says that Hashem enveloped them in a spiritual light, from the light of Gan Eden, similar to the light that Moshe Rabbeinu received at the pinnacle of his attachment to Hashem on Har Sinai. All of this shows us that even after we messed up in such a terrible way, Hashem still, one, supplied us with magnificent clothing, two, inspired us to not give up on ourselves, three, and gave us a spiritual light to enable us to repent and return to Him. Let's learn another amazing lesson from this story. The Torah says, Vayas Hashem Elohim that Hashem Elohim made this clothing. Now we know that Hashem, Yudke Vavke, reflects Midas Harachamim, the characteristic of mercy, and Elohim reflects Midas Hadin, the characteristic of strict justice. When the Torah describes Hashem making these amazing garments for Adam and Chava, it refers to Hashem as Hashem Elohim. The Torah is showing us that even Hashem's Midas Adin, which we mistakenly think of as the angry, uncaring, strict arm of the law, also agreed to personally care for Adam and Chava's clothing needs, even after their horrific sin. Consequences? Yes. Turn my back on you? Never. Although Adam and Chava had to be severely punished, the fact was that now, for whatever reason, they had a need for clothing and they had no idea how to make clothing for themselves. And Hashem's response to this situation was, My dear children, even though you have this need only because you defied my explicit command, I still love you and care for you. I care about the needs that you have in whatever situation you find yourself. Hashem showed us by example that the need to punish is not the need to hate. Authentic Yiddish Guide believes that not only should we not lose any affection for those that we must punish, but Hashem showed us by example that it is up to the punisher to make sure that the punishee never feels that you don't care about him anymore. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Soul Warming it seemed hard to believe that after raising four wonderful children, that child number five would be so difficult. The parents tried everything, and yet Naftali fell more and more. His father begged him not to hang out with those certain boys in the neighborhood, but Naftali didn't listen. One thing led to another, and things became completely unmanageable at home. Naftali became Neil, 
and dropped out of school. He would stay out all night, get into all kinds of trouble, and he didn't respect anything that his parents asked of him. Naftali sank down the slippery slope of the underground street world. No kashras, no tefillin, no yarmulke, no Shabbos, and no respect for any of the things so dear to his family for dozens of generations. It didn't take long for Neil to become jobless, penniless, and homeless. On the first cold winter day, Naftali had a surprise visitor, his father. It's getting really cold outside, and I figured that you probably don't have a proper coat, so I bought you a really nice, expensive, name-brand leather jacket with a fur lining, the one you always wanted. When a child realizes that you truly care about him, then he might utilize your punishments properly, and it could have a positive effect on him, whereas if the child thinks that since he disappointed you, you now care less about him, the punishment will not have as much of a positive effect on him, and in fact, it may have a negative effect on him. How does this all apply to you and me? Good question. You see, when you take an honest look at your real inner spiritual level and connection to Hashem, and you consider how many foolish sins you've done, your automatic instinct may be to shrink away from facing Hashem and from Yiddishkeit. After all, you think, you know, you're a flop, a disaster to your religion, and a loser to the nation. But now you know that such reasoning is completely false. In fact, it was never your Yetzer Tov that led you to that conclusion. It was the Yetzer Hara that caused you to first sin and then convinced you that you are no longer wanted by Hashem, your religion, and your nation. Your mission is now to stop allowing those crooked thoughts to control you and to begin to think like authentic Yiddishkeit. The Nesiva Shalom says, Ahavasa Yisparach li Yisrael, Hi ahava she'ena tluya bedavar, ve'ena batela le'olam. Hashem's love toward you is not contingent on anything that you need to do. And that is why even if you commit the worst sins and fall to the lowest spiritual level, His love toward you is not diminished whatsoever and can never be damaged. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that Judaism is not just for saints. In fact, much of the Torah speaks directly to sinners and constantly teaches us the same message over and over. Hashem's response to even the worst sinner is, You are my child. I love you. I am rooting for you, and I am patient beyond your comprehension. Don't ever think that I am sick of you. Come back to me. Yes, even after what you did, I still want you right here next to me, where you belong. We still have one more thing to think about. The Torah says, You may not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and bad, for on that day that you eat from it, you shall die. So the angels asked Hashem, didn't you decree that the punishment for eating from the tree is that Adam would die that day? How then did Adam continue to live? The Psikter Abbasi Medrash says that Hashem explained that when He said that on the day you eat from it you shall die, Hashem did not specify whether it meant a day in human time, which is 24 hours, or one of Hashem's days, which is equal to 1,000 human years, which is over 8 billion, seven hundred million hours. That's pretty innovative. So we see that even when we think that our fate is signed and sealed, Hashem's endless compassion and mercy can always find a way to help us. And we don't need to worry about how it will work out with the letter of the law. Hashem is the greatest lawyer in the world, and He knows every trick in the book. You're in good hands.
The Oitzer HaMidrashim says, Indeed, because of the sin, Adam was sentenced to live for only one of Hashem's days, meaning 1,000 years. Before Adam sinned, he would have lived forever. After sinning, he got a sentence of being able to only live one of Hashem's days, which is 1,000 years. Adam then donated 70 of his years to David HaMelech, and therefore he lived for 930 years. Amazing. And that is why the Psikta Rabasi brings down that David HaMelech said, Rebain Ha'elamim, master of the universe, if not for your judging Adam with mercy, I would have not lived for even one moment. David HaMelech only lived 70 years, and he only had those 70 years as a donation from Adam's life. And Adam never would have lived a thousand years to have the 70 years to donate, if not for the fact that Hashem chose to say that the day that you will live will not just be a human day, but one of my days. And therefore, he was able to live for a thousand years, donated 70 years to David HaMelech, and therefore David HaMelech, King David, our leader, was able to have a life of 70 years. This is all only because Hashem looked at Adam, his creations, with such mercy and always found a way to make the judgment, the letter of the law, work out as best as he could for his creation. The Psikta Rabasi ends, And just as you judged him with mercy, may Hashem judge all future generations forever, only with mercy. Amen v'amen.